Welcome to the Words of a Warrior, a podcast bringing you insightful conversations and stories from some of the most inspiring people. My name is Candy Wheeler. I'm your host. And today I am joined by one of my favorite artists and one of the most amazing people that I have been inspired by through the lenses of social media and the online space, Rukmini. And um, this woman, I'm just, there, there's so much I can say, but one of the things that I want to highlight is she is the author of an upcoming book called Draw Your Feelings. And it's an interactive journal that is all about relating to and really giving space to process emotions. And I've been a part of her workshops online and I just have to say they have been so supportive for me in my personal world and in my personal life and helping me process some of the harder emotions that I have to deal with as a human being. And so I'm just so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Candy. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for that really genuine, warm welcome. It's so lovely to connect with those who've already connected with my work and taken my workshops. So really excited to chat with you. Yeah. So man, tell me, let's just dive right in. Tell me about this book and what are you inspired to share about it? Because I know it's been a long time come in. Like it's, it. this is like the work that gets to be put out into the world, but you've been doing this whole, like d- engaging in this practice of drawing your emotions. You've also been teaching it in um, groups and spaces, corporate spaces, um, schools, et cetera, like all of these things and teaching people how to how to not only, you know, make art, but then use it to process like human emotions and things like that. And ultimately that helps people do so much and helps mm-hmm. them relate to themselves, helps them relate to each other and give space for, yeah, for just all of the things that we go through. So yeah, tell me, tell me about it. Like I, yeah. what, what's, what's, what inspired you to create this? Oh boy, I like to say that um, I feel like this book pulled me towards it. And I'm not trying to be esoteric or anything, but, you know, I'm inspired in so many ways about emotion because I think I'm inspired by connection and like what you said of just like getting into our hearts and feeling genuine and real. And at the heart of that is, is accessing our emotions and understanding it. And I think that's always been like a driving force for me and a motivation to do this work. But this book itself is so unexpected, to be honest. I've always wanted to publish a book. And when I started drawing my feelings and posting on Instagram like years ago, like eight years ago, and I remember I didn't have much of a following at the time, maybe a thousand followers or so. And um, I would like go into these bookstores and I would look at these cool journals and I'd be like, one day, you know, I want to get mine here. And um, I had all these like other artists that I love. I don't know if anyone knows Mira Lee Patel. And she did like a really cool journal start where you are years ago. I even remember emailing her and being like, hi, you don't know me. Can I take you out for lunch and hear about how you did this book? And so there was like a lot of excitement. This is like back in 2016. And, and um, you know, even remembering that is really special because that that calling was always there to share my voice and my art. But I felt like I had... Like, that's when I just started drawing my feelings. I mean, if you can call it that at the time. And if you trace it back, it really started 
blooming with these 100 day projects. I always bring it back to these projects. They're very yeah. sacred for me. If you follow me, you know my relationship to them. Yes. <laughs> um, 2015, I was graduating from college and I uh, majored as a graphic designer. And that was something that I was really passionate about. It was important to me. It was both creativity and design thinking. And it was like a very concrete career path also. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, but by the time I was graduating, I did feel, I don't know, burnt out is the word, but like uninspired, you know, yeah. just like, okay, like Photoshop, Adobe, like all these programs and working for clients. And I sort of lost like the magic of my own creativity. Mm. And I saw this thing, the 100 Day Project. And, you know, for those who aren't familiar, it's basically like a global online art movement or project and anyone can join you just literally decide to join you choose something you want to do every day for 100 days and you do it and you post on Instagram or wherever to keep Mm -hmm. accountable you have the hashtag and like thousands and thousands of people do it all over the world every year they have their own projects from like singing every day or cooking and making new friends journaling whatever it is Mm -hmm. so for me I just started I literally I would just do like abstract doodles on my notebook and watercolor and pastel just play with colors and like very very low low expectation <laughs> because I, I didn't think I was a consistent person I really I could not even get through like a 10-day project okay, yeah. and so I, I I just lowered the bar a lot and it was really interesting because 100 days is sort of like a marathon. It's not yes. a sprint. And when you start a 100-day project, you don't realize how long 100 days. Yeah. I mean, it's like a third of a year. It's a very long time. Yeah. Once you get started, you're like, oh, my God, I've been doing this forever. And it's only day 27 or something. Right. You know? totally. um, but again, like somehow I stuck with that process. And it was really cool. I mean, one, it got me out of my head. It got me out of any sense of perfectionism. And I was just creating no matter what, which is yeah. really special, especially if you are an artist or creative or anyone like to let go of expectations and just show up for the practice is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like what happened after 100 days, like it really like morphed, you know, I started doing more watercolors and more images. And um, one thing I like to tell people that I learned is that you become what you do consistently. And like a hundred days can change so much, so much. Like we're afraid we say, I'm not an artist. I'm not talented. You do something just for 20 days. You will consistently get better at it. Like you will look back and be like, wow, that's amazing. So we underestimate like how quickly we can improve. And then we also underestimate like how you can just become that. So after a hundred days, at least within like my circle of friends and stuff, I became like the girl that draws and watercolors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that became my identity. And I was like, okay, like that wasn't so hard. (laughs) But it wasn't until the year after 2016 where, where like that process was so transformational for me. And I felt like it really unblocked me. It helped me like own this title of being an artist that I told myself, like as much as I'm able and have capacity I'm gonna do this 100 day project each year like as long as I can so um that was like eight years ago or something yeah. crazy so it's been amazing and the year after that's where I coined the term obscure emotions and that year is when I drew these little characters and that was like my my persona of like going through different emotions and that project is like 
the ground at which all this was built, these obscure emotions. And I, soon after I started a little like newsletter, not a newsletter, like a advice column where I don't give advice. I just draw people, like people would write to me about like, dear Rooksy, I'm feeling this intense emotion, whatever. And then I would draw it in response. Um, and so I just kind of like kept doing this for the next few years. And then I got interested in all kinds of things. Like the 100 Day Project is a real outlet to learn about stuff and draw it so I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram mm. I did a whole project on that I did it on something else um mm. and it's also important for me to share that I don't always finish my 100 day projects <laughs> in case someone thinks I'm some like expert guru consistent <laughs> hero like I don't but I start them and yeah. that's like something I want to bring up like I attempted some years it's taken me 300 days to do the yes. project. Some years I've sort of stopped. Like my book actually, which I do have right here. I don't know if anyone will see, but I have it right here. And it's, it's going to come out soon in a month and a half. And this project started in 2020 from a hundred day project. So you don't know where these are going to wow. come from. I did a hundred day project, like starting at the pandemic where I would draw some sort of emotion and feeling. And then you like swipe right or something on, on Instagram and then there's like a template where people can fill it out and that was the very beginning of something interactive like mm -hmm. I draw a picture of a girl holding balloons and that's like what she wanted to let go of mm -hmm. and then I would include like a template of like okay fill it in with everything that you want to let go of Aww. and what amazed me was that people started doing that yes that's <laughs> like, the thing too I yeah. would draw a picture of, of like this is me and this is what my fear looks like and people would would color it in and like all the words and it like it blew my mind because I felt so inspired before yeah. that it was inspiring for me to just share my own art and express myself but to give like give a space for others to express themselves was like so much better yeah. I, I just became so inspired because I was like wow people are so creative like it's not just mm -hmm. me like they're so creative and thoughtful and so that's where this came from it started from these little like posts on Instagram and then um in the middle of the pandemic I started doing zoom classes yeah. and again like I never taught in my life like it was all so new and I look back and I'm really like I feel a lot of gratitude for that version of Rukmini because she just like she almost had no expectations for herself like in the sense that like she allowed herself to be such a beginner of like I'm just gonna throw a zoom link up and see who comes and do something and I think when you're such a beginner that you almost don't know the rules to play by you can you can just jump over all that like that mental stuff that inner critic stuff and just like do things yeah. and so um I know I'm talking a lot I'll give you some space to respond <laughs> but okay, yeah. that's like where it started it started from the 100 day projects and it started from putting things out there and then it it was these zoom classes that now I mean they're a lot more structured and I'm doing a lot with it but it was literally just like five people jumping on zoom with me I would throw it on Instagram they would come and we'd be like let's draw our breath yeah. <laughs> let's draw our hearts and again it was just like I learned so much from people I learned so much from like community because I would think these exercises were simple or maybe kind of dumb and sentimental like I don't know what how they would land for people and people had like real experiences like they would be in tears or they would be like wow I haven't picked up a paintbrush since I was a child like this is so healing and I think that just gave so much confirmation that 
it's like, it's the process, you know, like, sure, maybe it's my exercises that are helpful, but it's the process of creating that is like undeniably powerful. Yes. Yeah. And it helps to have those prompts too, like those invitations to be like, you know, what do you want to let go of? Or um, yeah, the part of me that like, that was one of the workshops that I, that I did where, you know, it was like the part of me that feels blank and even just something like that to be able to explore that within us. And how often are we doing that from day to day, you know, in our day to day lives, most people I think are so focused on just getting through the day, going to work, et cetera, and not really, you know, tapping into those emotions. But like you said, they lead to not only connection with the self, but and processing through the creation, through the art, but mm-hmm. then also opening up the opportunity to then connect with others as well. Because it's like, oh, you feel that way too. I feel that way too. You know, are you letting go of that? I am too. <laughs> or this is what I'm letting go of. And it creates, like you said, this community. And that's really beautiful. As you were mm-hmm. sharing, I was just kind of like, wow, like, um, you inspired me actually to start my own 100 day project that earlier really? this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh I my God. What did you do? Um, a hundred days of poetry actually. Wow. And so, yeah, I'm a poet and, and, um, yeah, that was another thing I, I was like telling myself like these, the, the limiting thoughts of like, oh, I, I don't know how to tap into this regularly or it comes when it comes. But yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's no way right. I can do it every day. Yeah. And when it, you, you kind of like commit to that, like, okay, I'm going to do this for a hundred days um, straight and I'm going to just like right and whatever whatever comes through comes through and let go of that like like mm-hmm. you said perfection ideal and just create just for the sake of creating and not for anything else there's so much that can come out of that and mm-hmm. that's so beautiful and the fact that you did that for eight or nine mm-hmm. years straight like this might be the ninth year or something yeah. like that's amazing that you mm-hmm. you know just just even that you started and you committed to something like that and then naturally it unfolded to this like it led you to and there's something to be said about like in you know just taking action towards the thing that you love yeah and how you know because some people like I think uh, I and this might be a personal like opinion of mine but I think some people jump to that end goal like I want to write a book and what yeah. I'm hearing, right and what you what I'm hearing is what you said is like yes that was an inspiration or like I can't wait to have that one day but when you started these 100 pro- day projects you weren't like okay I'm doing this to write a book no you were like I'm doing this to create mm-hmm. and then naturally things started unfolding and it was just this natural inspiration that led to the workshops that led to the book and mm-hmm. that to me is just so beautiful because it's it was in the process of taking action yeah that that you love yes and and thank you for mentioning it because that is like one of my biggest takeaways that I still try to remember and that's why the 100 day project is such a like sacred practice because it's about the process not the results it's like in order to do it successfully you just have to you just have to be in it day in and day out and be present to like today and not like what is 90 days from now going to happen and how it's going to bring more followers and you know it might that might be a result of your action but you can't like base it off of that otherwise that's where like the stifling energy comes that's where the creative block is it comes from expectation it comes from like unless I do this perfectly 
this isn't going to happen and oh no I can't do it perfectly so I won't do it at all and that's just what stops us and I see a lot of people attempt 100 day projects which is so beautiful but then I also see it become like like this calculated thing like I'm going to post it for like this marketing reason and I'm going to get a lot of followers and like it it loses a lot of magic and I see and I've had friends who've done this and they're like how do you continue I have no inspiration I'm like that's the problem you have to put inspiration first you don't have to put like your followers first and this first it's like what is inspiring you just do that every day for 100 days Mm, yeah it's like yeah not missing the point like yeah the, yeah the point is the process like you said earlier. yeah and and the book also like in the beginning I said I felt pulled to it I yeah. think it's because of this reason of like mm-hmm. I didn't have this thing of like I must write a book therefore I will do all this like that mm-hmm. would be just really paralyzing because yeah. <laughs> I mean have the intention of writing a book but don't make it like I only succeed if I'm writing this book and nothing else matters except for the book. You have to do the little steps in between of showing up every day. And that will, like you said, just like pull you towards that goal. And it's actually quite beautiful for me to reflect on it because yeah, I mean, to be honest, sometimes the book feels like a dream. It's like, really, this is happening. And in one sense, it felt like it came really easily for me. It felt like, I mean, genuinely, I just got like an email in my inbox one day from my publisher, my now editor, who was literally like, hey, this is just like a cold email. I found your website. I loved your art. Like, if you ever wanted to write a book, just write it with us. And it was like, but don't people like knock on 20 doors and have a bunch of stress and like make it happen. And I just got like an invitation. And um, it was pretty interesting. That was 2020 before I had this book. And I just said, like, okay, like, let I'll let you know when I have an idea. Then the pandemic hits. <laughs> Forget about all of this stuff. But oh. then I started doing these classes. And in the back of my mind, as I'm doing these classes, I'm like, this would make a good book. Mm. You know, but it wasn't again, it wasn't for the it was just the back of my mind. And I created these like PDF workbooks for my courses to give to my students. And the whole time I was like, this is a book, you know, someone could just take the PDF and they could like have their own journey. And then one year exactly from when she sent me this email, I get another email. And literally that week I was thinking like, I should reach out to this lady. What was her name? Like maybe there's some potential. And before I could do that, she sends me another email and all it says, do you have a book yet? (laughs) It's pretty baller. It's pretty cool. And I could say like, well, I have this cool PDF. It's like 50 pages. Like, here you go. I mean, it was so in that sense. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives me like goosebumps to, to think about. It was so like seamless and easy. It, although of course it was like eight years of work to get there so I don't want yes. so I was like discounting myself like why did this come so easily to me it's like that invisible work created this like mm-hmm. seamless interaction of like where's your book and I'm like here's this pdf and she's like this looks amazing we'll get back to you and then a few weeks it's like our team loves it like here's a contract let's go for it I mean it was so bizarre how quickly it happens uh, yeah. and so it that's just teaching me a lot about one like invitations come when you're open to the invitation and also like don't discount all the work like the slow grounded work that's bringing you to a place if you're like invested in this work for years like there is no reason it wouldn't come it only it's like when we just want like that fast quick success and when we want it to be like I'm gonna make it happen I'm gonna knock on all the doors like almost like I'm forcing my way in maybe it'll work but there's like an energy that's very different than like just letting it come in it's almost like yeah when it's coming from a genuine place like where where you were at with that it was yeah it just feels like 
like you use the word easy, but I want to say like natural, like it naturally yeah. unfolded for you, right? Because you were in it and you were, you were creating not only for yourself, but then you were in, you know, getting others involved in it and you were doing, you know, you were serving in your community in that way and doing, you know, hosting these spaces and, you know, you didn't have to do that. Like some artists, they mm -hmm. just create and they just put their stuff out there and not saying there's anything wrong with that. But when you take it, you know, take what's, what has worked for you and supported you and you share that process with others, like in your workshops in my, you know, when, when I attended, you were like step one, step two, step three. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I thought like, I didn't consider myself an artist before taking these. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't really draw like that. I don't know if this is going to be for me. Let's see, mm -hmm. you know, let's see what this turns out. And it was like, pick a color, you know, pick of it, you know, it was just step mm -hmm. like step by step. And I was like, wow, like, I didn't realize that would be so seamless in that way. Mm -hmm. But when you broke it down, it then and then at the end it was like okay now give it a character now personify it and so you know is at that point I was able to do that and I was like wow I didn't realize I could do this and mm -hmm. so it was just this whole like you you broke it down into a, a digestible way for like us to participate in with you mm -hmm. and I and I imagine that the book is full of things like that right like yeah. prompts and all the things that are going to help us do it for ourselves and I think yeah you were coming from such a genuine place with it that of course you received an invitation you know yeah. I'm surprised I didn't have 50 publishers oh. like, but really though, <laughs> that's because, so sweet thank you candy <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things where it's like you can tell it is so genuine because mm -hmm. you're like wow this really helped me and I, I want to share that with others and yeah. I, I think that's really beautiful and I know that because it comes out in your work and I know that it's going to come out in the book like <laughs> I, I really just can't wait to get my hands on it like, oh my I'm god so thank you so much you know it's so it's I think it's like one of my rooted values of like genuineness yeah. and and um I like what you said also that it's not just easy it's natural so yes. thank you I'm gonna reframe that I think easy <laughs> is that my inner guilt of like that was too easy but yeah. it was very natural and when yes. I look at like all the best things that have happened in my life professionally personally it is natural like when I'm trying to chase after something it doesn't quite feel as satisfying. And there's like this natural ease when something comes that's so special. And, you know, I, it is true, like, I didn't have to do these workshops. And yeah. yet, I, I do think because my value is connected to being genuine, and being of service. And there is yeah. something that was really satisfying about me doing that. Like, I, I remember when I started teaching in the beginning, I almost felt like I like this more than just making art. Like yeah. it was so interesting. And I think it's so awesome to discover these parts of ourselves because sure, yeah. we can be an artist or creative or do something on one level. But then mm -hmm. if we can go a little bit deeper and find like that place of service, that's really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like that's something we shouldn't let go of. Yeah. And it's something I I like keep coming back to because I can also get lost <laughs> and, you know, in creating this book, there's so many parts and pieces of it. And now that I'm like in the marketing stage and sharing it, sometimes it feels mechanical. And sometimes I feel like I'm losing that like genuineness and losing like the vision of why I'm doing it. And that why is so important to hold on to, yeah. especially when you're doing something that's so purpose-driven. And so um, I went like a whole year without teaching just because so many things happened in my personal life and then the book coming out. 
And I noticed inside, I was like losing a little inspiration of like, why does this even matter? What is the point of the, you know, like all that, the mind starts to become really loud. Yes. Um, I just taught a few workshops last weekend and it was so great. It was like, it's like kind of like drinking water again when you're really thirsty. And I just want to share it because I think we can all relate to that, whether you're doing art or anything, like what's that thing that really recharges us that like connects us like, oh, this is why I like live. This is why I do the thing I do and when we're not like doing that when we're not like connected in that way it feels really confusing the mind gets loud and and our heart gets kind of quiet (laughs) and the opposite happens when we reconnect to what's important yeah what is what are your thoughts on like yeah the the ebbs and flows of of the inspirational process as artists because you know to expect ourselves to always be inspired is you know it's so unrealistic it's like we're we're human right and so like you know yeah just um what are what are your thoughts on that around like inspiration and the ebbs and flows of that and um yeah, I would love to hear because you mentioned like how the mind gets loud and yeah. the self-talk and stuff like that. Like what are the some of the things you've dealt with in that area? Like the 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 self-talk, the thoughts, the you know, the doubts that creep in and how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, like, what are your are, favorite ways? Yeah, those are great questions. The first one for the creative blocks and flow. Oh my God, so relevant. I could just go on about that for a whole podcast itself. But uh inspiration whether you're an artist or not like we all need inspiration in our life and we will never perpetually be in that place of like constant inspiration constantly producing that's not only unrealistic it's like treating ourselves like a machine yes and it's kind of like what capitalism does it's like always produce always make reels and followers and like keep it's just so unhealthy and it's like I like to see it as like we have seasons of life And that's really helpful. It's like moving from that like mechanical machine way of thinking to like a natural way of living. I mean, look at seasons, look at trees, you know, they have a springtime, a summer abundance, and then they close out. They have their winter where they look like they're dead. Like trees look like they have nothing (laughs) there. And then boom, like energy comes back next spring. It's actually so beautiful to pay attention to because it's like completely dormant and then it comes back. And so like, we can even just like pause for a second and think about our own life. Like where, what season are we in our life? And if we're in like a deep, dark winter, that's great. Like, don't fight that. Like, what are the lessons of winter we can take? Like go inwards, like preserve your energy, you know, allow yourself to be in that, that place of like rest. And then you have to know that a spring will come. And I think that's so helpful. So it's the same thing if you're producing anything, like like, when's your winter time? Like let yourself have a winter. And if you're in a summer, be in that summer and then don't be shocked when autumn comes and you have to stop doing things. You know, like it's really helpful to remember that. And one more thing I'll share, and I've written about this in the past about creative rest. Mm. So creative blocks is something we hear a lot. Like, why can't I create? Oh my God, I'm so blocked. And it's like, sometimes you can just reframe that to like I need creative rest like my pauses are sometimes more important than I think or like I can just rest and I don't have to always produce art it's like being in this resting state is totally necessary to create again like everyone needs rest and so 
Um, I think it's just a shift of like, I need to always produce, which is yeah. just totally capitalistic, materialistic, whatever, totally. to like, I am resting at this point. What season am I in? And just honoring that season. Yes. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> and then, yeah, this self-talk is something that really gets like gets me sometimes, like the doubt the insecurities like does this even matter I think you mentioned that like what's the point you know what are some of the like yeah like doubts you had especially in this book writing process like you know and oh so many (laughs) um and yeah the uh, because I do want to hear uh just you know for the people listening that are like man I I want to be I want to be that confident or I want to you know just like create for eight years and let the book flow naturally and all that stuff but (laughs) I think it's important to talk about these things that go on inside mm-hmm. our brains because I have them too, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, is it, does this even matter? Is this even relevant, et cetera, et cetera? Is this, what's the point of all of that? And like, how do you manage that? And, and what are your favorite ways to kind of come back into your confidence and come back into like, actually, yes, this does matter. And mm. I am going to continue doing this. Yeah. Uh, I don't manage it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wrote a whole book to help me manage it. That's yeah. the answer. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh my God. It's, uh, it's such a, such a universal and personal question about like the inner critic. Like we all have such a deep inner critic and the mind, you know, the mind can be our best friend and our worst enemy, like depending yeah. on what's happening. And, and so often like we almost like lose like we don't have to be controlled by our mind. Our mind is a function to understand, to process things. But when we're in like unhealthy places, we lose that function of the mind. And then the mind becomes this judging. It becomes this loud megaphone. It becomes this thing that paralyzes us and speaks fears into us. And and so I think it's just like really like our relationship with our mind and, and ourselves. Um, yeah, I, a few things come up for me. One is just, I think... One, as a culture, we've overemphasized the mind, actually. It's like all about understanding. It's all about like thinking. We're really heady. So there's a lot less like being in the heart. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that as this book was coming together because it's a very heart-centered book. And a lot of exercises I have to literally write, like don't overthink this. (laughs) Because when you start overthinking it, that's where people just, they drop their pencil. They don't want to continue because... It, it, it becomes like, if I can't do this, why do it at all? It doesn't look good. Da, da, da. Like the mind just, it like paralyzes us and stops us from taking action. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I'm not sure how familiar with the Enneagram, but for me, yeah. it's been such an amazing personality, like tool to understand our nature. Yeah. And it's helped me really understand the nature of like my mind. Yeah. And a lot of the wisdom of the Enneagram is that we don't just have one center of intelligence. We have three. We have the body, the heart, and the mind. Mm. And so often we're only like here in the mind. So think yeah. about it. We have two thirds of a person in us that we're just like not accessing that intelligence. Wow. So when you can access the intelligence of the heart, that's like the intuition, the feeling, the gratitude, the wonder, like so important. And then when you get in the body, and this is something I really struggle with, um, I the body has so much wisdom. Like, what is the body feeling? What sensations do you have in your fingers? Like when someone is speaking, are you getting tense in your body? What does that say? Or when you're doing something that you're afraid, are you feeling like in your stomach, in your chest, all of that? So like sensations say so much. 
And we, me, like, I'm so disembodied, like, just not aware of how my body is doing and how it's feeling and sensing. And so I guess to say that getting into my body is a way of really, like, calming the mind down. And that's the whole reason, like, why yoga is so impactful. It's not yes. for the stretching and looking good. It's like getting into my body, body and yeah. breathing. So breathing is a huge one. If you can just, and I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was telling me how she started this practice of tapping. I don't know too mm. much about it, but she was saying, like, when her nervous system feels, like, dysregulated, she'll mm. just try to center herself, like, tap her wrists, her top of her head, and just be like, you're not the mind, you're not the mind, the mind is the weather, you are the mountain, like whatever it is to just like, come back into the body. Mm -hmm. And she's found that getting into the body is such a way of like holding, it's like being a container for all this craziness. And when we're not like contained in our bodies, the mind will just like spin out. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I can give some examples, my mind is constantly spinning out. I I, and I want and I want to be really honest about that, because I don't want anyone to think like, I got it all figured out. Or this girl wrote a book about emotions, she must be like, totally healthy about it. (laughs) And it's like, no, like emotions is something that will always be in our life, like big emotions. And and it's like, how do we manage it? How do we regulate our emotions? Um, when I started writing this book, it was like a mix of like so much excitement yes. and so much dread all at the yeah. same time. <laughs> totally. And and it's yeah, it's we feel like multiple things constantly. And I've I have a lot of exercises about that. I have one in the beginning, which I really love. It's basically you draw a color spectrum mm-hmm. and you think about like an experience where you have multiple emotions, and then you choose a color for each of those emotions and you just put it on the spectrum. And I have spectrums that are like beautiful, yellow, pink, dark, black, brown, you know, like the whole thing. And it's like a way of visualizing that like, oh my God, my experience is like muddle. Like there's so much happening. And Mm. the minute I could accept that and recognize it, let it be, I calm down a little bit, you know, it's when I have the expectation that I should always be happy. I should be really joyous. I should be so proud of myself for creating this. Like that exists. And I'm like doubtful. Is this really making an impact? Am I using my time right? Like, what will people think? Will they do it properly? Will they like the exercises? Um, I feel like a total imposter. Like I'm not a mental health expert. What am I doing writing this or, um, so many things. And that's all at the same time. And uh, the more I fight it, the harder it is. And the more I can just be like, okay, I accept it. This is exciting. This is really hard. (laughs) Yes. And both of that together is really helpful just to to be with that. Yeah. It's just like giving it space, you know, it's like, it just, you know, what I realized is like, yes, yes. Yeah. And distance. Yeah. It's like, look, this is here. And also like, so is this and, Mm -hmm. and letting them kind of coexist together. But yeah, coming to this place of like, yeah, letting go of, um, of the idea that it needs to be perfect. You're like, you know, that's like, I think acceptance is the opposite of perfection. It's like, you know, I accept everything as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not forcing again. I'm allowing it to be what it is. Even in this book, I remember at one point, 
it was so hard to finish it. Like, when is it finished? Because all the exercise could be refined, could be better. And it was just driving me nuts. Like, at one point, this book, as much as I love it, was like the bane of my existence. (laughs) And my family and friends, they were like, you're constantly complaining about this book. (laughs) And it was so interesting, because in this process, like, you also have a relationship with your book, with my book, you know, and there were times I just didn't want to look at it. There were times I was so over it. There was times I just didn't believe in it. Um, a great piece of advice that I followed when I was towards the finishing of my book was that I literally went on a date with my book. It cracked me up. The whole idea cracked, but it was so great. So I went on a date with my book. I went to my favorite coffee store uh, shop. I got like some waffles. I had my manuscript here and I had my journal and I literally like wrote a letter to my book. I should pull it up at some point. And I said, I think we've been in like our relationship has been going great. I'm not breaking up with you, but like, we need to talk. We need to have some hard conversations because there's like a lot of stuff between me and you that's not being said. Like it was, it was humorous, but I was surprised at how much it made a difference to be like, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. Book. I don't mm-hmm. like you right now. You're making my life hard. <laughs> I don't believe in you. you yeah. You're not being the best of me. I mean, it's it's humorous, but yeah. I get to say that a lot of real emotions came up in the process and that to it's never like a linear journey. It's like you get excited about something, you drop it, you get excited again, you like want to throw it out the window. <laughs> you know? yeah. A lot of that is the chatter of the mind. And a lot of that is like the expectations that it needs to look a certain way. Yeah. And so that's where like acceptance comes in. And that's where, I mean, honestly, just like a supportive environment of people <laughs> to yes. for you because I also don't work well in isolation. Mm. I realize that this book is so alive for me when I'm teaching it. But for me to like take a year to just like create it by myself was really hard. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just very hard to be in my own mind. And so we have to find like ways that we work well and figure out how to make that work. Yeah. Oof. Wow. There's so much in that, man. Oh, Rabini, this has been so amazing. I feel like I could talk to you about this book and just emotions and all the things like for hours and hours and hours. Oh, thank you. Thanks for going in it with me, actually, because when people want to talk about the book, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the challenges of creating it, the self-doubt that comes with it, the fear of success. I mean, I can go on about that, too. Like, that's where I'm at Mm -hmm. now. It's almost... Like I really want this book to be successful so much that I can get lost in the numbers of it. I want the pre-orders to be good. I want it to be picked up by celebrities. Like there is that part of me that wants that external success and wants it to be good. And then there's a part of me that just feels like, I don't know, almost like scared of the success because, and this can go into a deeper topic. It's like our mind and our ego is so stuck in one way of being that we're like, of shining more like leveling up in a way like we get that career experience we get that thing we level up and suddenly I'm an author and authors don't act like this crazy girl over here you know what I mean that was one reason that I did find it hard to finish this book it's because part of my ego didn't want to be proved wrong like it wanted to prove that look I'm like, I'm a mess. I can't do anything right. I can never write a book. And I almost wanted to like affirm that belief by like sabotaging my own creation. And that's why actually getting this book done, like seeing it published in my hands. I'm like, 
you know, I just proved my ego wrong. Yeah. And that's kind of like hard because somehow my ego is really attached to like, see, you really suck at everything. It's like an excuse to like not be bigger, not level up. Mm-hmm. And now when I see it, I'm like, I'm I'm leveled up now, you know, and yes. I, I have to grow up. I have to like be this person that I know I can be. And right. so those self-limiting beliefs, it was so interesting to see it, to see my right. attachment to it, that, wow, I want to put myself down. I want to be here. And and there's a fear of like growing beyond that. Um, that was really interesting too. Yeah, it's like the comfortability of the familiarity and like the safe. Stay small. I know I'm safe. And like, ah, I don't have to like put myself out there and I don't have to get hurt if somebody says something bad about it or whatever else, you know, if or mm-hmm. somebody has any judgments, et cetera. But it's kind of like breaking out of that box. And it is. That's the yeah. way to see it. And yeah. it is comfort. It's our comfort zone sometimes can be a really unhealthy place. Yes. Similarly, like why people stay in relationships that are unhealthy or toxic. It's like that's what they know and that's what they think they deserve. So yes. then someone comes around a relationship that's so much healthier, it's going to be really uncomfortable at first because you're like, I'm used to all the trauma and toxic and this and that. And somehow we allowed and our mind makes that comfortable. And so like you said, that's breaking out of the box. And that takes a lot of courage. And it's actually uncomfortable for our mind and ego. Like we yes. don't want that. We want to be like, look, see, I want to prove how small and worthless I am. It's like, it's bizarre. And I don't think I'm the only one that feels that. I think a lot of us have like, somehow we're more comfortable in that narrative yes. rather than the narrative of like, I am big, beautiful, courageous, capable of anything. It's like, that sounds inspiring and like freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> yes. But that's the journey. It's like stepping and believing that for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said something to me that, that really resonated and it was like, choose your heart, like that, like that success and that, that level of, you know, just responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. Like all the things you mentioned, um, yes, is, has its hearts to it, you know, has its things Mm -hmm. that are hard about that. And your comfort zone also has its hard things about (laughs) it, you know? So it's like, choose, like, just choose which one, cause you're going to have, you're going to have difficulties in every situation. Mm -hmm. And so, but the mind will be like, oh no, but it's way more comfortable here. Like it's safe here. You know, that is such a great point. I I've thought about something similar in the sense of like, do you want that inconvenience or that hard now or later? Yes. When you choose the hard thing immediately, that's like what you need to do. It's like, oh, make that phone call, send that email to that person, put it out there. That's the hard thing right now. Or yeah. I'll just avoid it. You're, the hard thing is still going to come, but it's going to be a lot harder and it's going to come later. And yeah. that's the mode of like avoidance. And we think we're avoiding the hard thing. It's just going to come back and bite us in the butt. Right. But, but like discipline ourselves to do the hard thing now is it's very challenging, but it's like a very focused way of being. It's like living in a mode of like proactiveness mm-hmm. and responsibility. Like I'm taking responsibility for my life. I'm going to do the challenging things now. Um, Mm -hmm. I aspire for that, (laughs) but that is a great example to think about it like that. Yeah, it's worth it too. And at the end of the day, like it's so worth it because now, you know, I'm just imagine, man, this book is going to impact so many lives and it's like, it's so worth it to step out of your own, 
your own boxes, your own discomforts, all of that stuff. And just kind of, yeah, move through it and put yourself aside mm-hmm. in a way to kind of, to kind of just let this thing be what it wants to be. You know, it's almost like when you said that book called you, I was like, Oh, I love that mm-hmm. because it's almost like, yeah, it's its own entity. Oh. It's its own thing, right? It's, it's its own spirit and it's going to impact so many lives. And it, it really does as a creator of it, take a level of like putting yourself aside and being like no this isn't about me this isn't about my own insecurities mm-hmm. this is about this piece of creation right here and like yeah. this is about the people that it's going to touch and mm-hmm. and the lives that are going to get to you know be impacted by it and and yeah and like and that level up process I think comes from that like comes from like this isn't about me like it's, yeah it's not, yeah that's, you know, I just, I think if you can sum up everything, like you summed it up perfectly, that's the essence. It's not about me. And that's where like the real service attitude and giving mode comes when we can be like, how do I get out of the way and allow this like creativity, this channel, this thing to come and serve others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the process that I'm in right now and like constantly realizing because I do make it about me and I can, and if I'm feeling good about myself, it's about how this is the most amazing thing ever. And if I'm feeling bad about myself, it's about how this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) And it's like, it's like my creation becomes an extension of my ego rather than being what it really is, which is its own entity. And I, I truly believe that like our creative inspirations, they are like disembodied beings in a way. They're calling us to it, to be like vessels, to be instruments and like channel it in service because art is like a service to the world, whether it's poetry, music, singing. And when we get our own gunk in the way, our own ego, it's just sabotaging that channel. It's making it like, oh, it's about me and I'm not going to share this with the world because I don't think I'm good enough. And it's like, wow, like what a disservice. And so I think if anything, like the biggest takeaway and something I'm meditating on now is like, how do I live in service? And service means like putting others in front of like my own ego in the sense that it's not about my stories. It's not about my negativity and my insecurities. Like let's clear that out of the way because it's getting, it's like obstructing a very important mission and a very important service to others. Yeah. When you don't have that like self-protection or self-preservation, that need for that, you're just like, no, like, okay, I understand that I'm human and we all have these things. And of course, like there's an, like, I think it's great because things like this give us an opportunity to grow in those areas. Mm And at the same time, it's like it when you when you take that out of the mix and you just make it about the thing, the project and, you know, the the art that wants to come through or the practices that want to come through, et cetera, like it 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 makes it more like it's just like easier to to let it just be what it is. And yeah, to kind of get out of the way in that sense. Yeah, let it be what it is and just get out of the way of its power. (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh. Again, I'm like, I swear you and I can probably jam all day about all of these things, but... I think this is a good a good place to kind of circle it out and just kind of like let everybody know. So I know pre-orders are available now, which I already mm-hmm. got mine. I'm so stoked to, for it to come out because it's coming out in just like a month and a half, maybe. Yes, so, right. So October soon. 10th. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so pre-orders are available and like, is there anything else you want to share? You want people to know about this? Any, any kind of last things you want to share with everyone listening? Yeah, I really hope that if this interests you at all, like, please go for it. Please pre-order. It's available in all kinds of bookstores, Amazon, wherever. Um, and find me online too, on my Instagram, my website. I would love to hear from you. Um, I do a lot of workshops and I'm doing a few more in September and then I hope like also for me, this book is just a way to do more workshops. <laughs> I yes. mean, it's a way to bring workshops to people, but I really hope to do like multi-week courses and things with groups of people like going through the book together, because I mean, every exercise is so jam packed full of so much that I am really looking forward to that. So if you're listening, I hope you can be a part of it. Yes. I hope you get the book for yourself or anyone who would be interested um, I'm just really curious where this book is going to go. Mm -hmm. And again, in that spirit of kind of like letting go, I think also the attachment of like, it has to be this way, like letting it go and, and seeing like the power of this work, because more than anything, more than even like my own power and talent, it's like, I really believe like in creativity. I believe that it can heal people. And I believe that like, we really need it right now to like connect back to our hearts. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, another thing too is um, if you're like a teacher, you know, you work in a school or a group setting and you have like people, you know, groups of people that you can buy bulk orders of the book as well, which is also mm -hmm. really cool. Like you can, you know, have deliver it to your team. And I just say like, you know, if I had a team of people that I was like leading, I'd want them to participate in these <laughs> like practices, right? Because it's just like, yeah, that level of connection that it'll open up for, for your organization or for your students, et cetera, et cetera. So that's an option as well mm -hmm. um, that I wanted to mention. And then, yeah, absolutely follow her. Um, I've gotten so much out of your work and I just, I appreciate you for being so generous and sharing it. And yeah, I can't wait to just, um, to see who else this, this impacts. Mm, thank you so much, Candy. This was amazing and looking forward to chatting more sometime in the future and engaging with this work with you also. Awesome. Yes. I'm so excited. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in until next time.